here with another episode of Don't Leave to Judges Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Patty Broke a Skull. Patty! Yeah, yeah. What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Don't Leave It to the Judges, as the Samurai previously said. Boy, did we have some fights, man. I don't really have any news, Sam. You got anything interesting you want to throw at the top of the show? Any oh, yeah, fights I'll, coming I'll up? I'll throw out some news. Uh, All right, let's see. All right. Carl uh, Robertson, uh, the robber. That's right. Fucking just arrested for stealing uh, $200,000 worth of jewelry and other things. But I tell you what, he was arrested in his car with a shitload of drugs. And they say that was related to the robbery. So I think when he put it in the headlines, it's jewelry. I think it's mostly drug related, it sounds like. Yeah, they're, they're definitely trying to keep it under the under the wraps of like, he's still a professional athlete. He doesn't deal with drugs, but hookers, money, heist, absolutely. It's like the, like I told you when Sam sent me this news, I was like, he's trying to be the new, the UFC's Lee Murray. Or actually, he was the UFC's Lee Murray was UFC's Lee Murray. Yeah. So he is the American <laughs> Lee Murray. But if there's drugs involved, this wasn't a proper heist. They probably just robbed a trap house. <laughs> they come through the uh, through the back door and stole a bunch of shit and got out. But uh, yeah, Kay Hansen, I don't know if you've seen this news, has come out and said that her father was sexually abusing her uh, like pretty much all her life. There was going to be a documentary come out about that. Her father, that was also her coach in her corner, you know, I'm not even talking about her, but in general, a lot of these people in the corner, these quarter people, that are fiancés and shit, it's just a little creepy, especially when it it's a younger younger fighter, younger female, you know, like Rose. Absolutely. It's uh, you can make the argument to the grooming situation, you know, like. But, but this is a different level of grooming where I, if it gets sexual, that's when it gets fucked up. But grooming a, a young lady who doesn't have experience in wrestling, boxing, anything other than fucking, you know, gymnastics, you have to groom her into a fighter. It's, it's a weird word, but it's the proper vernacular to say what you're doing to make this person into a fighter. But then when it gets sexual and it's your dad, yeah. get out, dude, get out. Or... Be the best I could be the best. She has to be the best, right? She would have to be now. It's like you're going through all this trauma. Let it out in the octagon. Go get you a title, girl. You know, you wish the best for the people that go through that shit and that they come out on the other side. But a lot of times they don't. But it's also like to bring this shit up now. What are you trying to do? You're trying to get him in trouble now? You're trying to get him out of your corner? Did some, Something else had to have happened for her to all of a sudden be a grown adult doing her own career. And to you know what I mean? Like, yeah. After a match, he's like, oh, let me change you out of those sweaties, sweetheart. And you're like, okay, well, well, that's it. I got to talk to Ariel Hawani. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know these details. We'll have to watch the documentary. So it's all to promote this documentary out on her. That's what I was going to say. Maybe yeah. That's all it's about. <laughs> she, she was but cut still from the UFC, signed by Invicta. Hasn't even fought in Invicta yet. Has already has his deal for this documentary. Now, I'm going to touch on one thing. I, I hate to get all political and shit, and I can't stand politics bullshit. But I keep seeing this headline over and over about Charlie Arnold leaving ESPN, and who gives a shit? But the headlines are Charlie Arnold leaves ESPN so she can talk freely. Cancel culture exists. So in other words, this is what they want to say that. If you read any headlines, she's leaving ESPN. She's going to something called Outkick. It's on the right, supposedly. I don't know. I've never even heard of OutKick. But she's still 
works for the UFC, so it's not even going to affect when we see her. She'll still be on ESPN. But these headlines are basically uh, Charlie Arnott, the lady that was in WWE, she's on the right. That's basically what the headline wants you to believe. You see what I'm saying? Because it's not news that she's leaving ESPN when we never see her on TV, maybe twice. Who gives a shit? They're just like, hey, just... Just in case you guys wanted to find a reason to hate somebody, she's on the right. That's exactly what it you is. You know what I mean? It's that's how I read Vegas the most pointless. It's so dumb. And that's what these that's why I do broken talk, Sam, is because the headlines are so insane. Interpret them however you want. It doesn't <laughs> matter at this point. They have a specific agenda. And if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, somebody as an outsider who's like, I could give a fuck about any of these people, <laughs> more fun. There's there's fun to be had. But at the same time, you have to have the right mind to be like, I'm not going to let that corrupt me. That that thought process of like, well, I must be on the left then. <laughs> you know, because for some reason, it's so stupid. Yeah, I it's, mean, it, if it's you read out. the story, that one of the stories I saw was, I was like, why is this even, why are they even reporting this? And I read all into it, and it's like, they ask her flat out if she's if she's on the right, and she's like, I don't want to be put in any categories. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's so stupid. No one gives a shit. It, it oh it's no news. Who cares? No one's ever heard of I never heard of Outkick. And Dude, I don't This is a cares. lady that's going in reverse in her career anyway. She started off somehow, I mean, I guess she started somewhere else, but she was on TV all the time with WWE and then ESPN and now Outkick. So what did she do for the UFC? Uh she just did some fighter interviews a couple of times. The girl with the long hair? Uh, she's got. She was just on a got long hair, attractive girl. Brunette. Yes. Oh yeah. She was recently on an event. Am I wrong? Uh, she because Megan Olivia wasn't on. Uh, or they I, both I haven't were. seen I her in a little bit, but I remember them saying something about a female named Charlie. Okay, that's her then. That's. Okay. I don't know how recent it was, but yeah. I remember her being like, "You're kind of like, oh, they're bringing in these new faces, and it turns out it's just sort of ESPN employees, which you know." whatever so it's not really even on the ufc at that point is it yeah because i don't think like i told you hogan and shit it's like these dudes aren't employees of the ufc yeah no apparently she's still gonna be uh, employed with the ufc so she still will be appearing on espn even though she doesn't totally work for them okay but so espn is really who had the problem right in other words if there is no news to be had no one cares I didn't Other even pay the, attention to Charlie on uh, this event you're talking about. I was like skipping through through the fights. Megan yeah. Olivia, nice to see you. Bye. Let's get on to the fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Walk by her. I bet she smells great. Yeah. What? She does a great job, I'll say. <laughs> Megan Olivia do a good job. I'm not mad. Megan Olivia earned her spot, dude. Yeah. She's earned her spot amongst like even I if she came in and there's a lot of people hating on it. After I saw that that uh like round table thing with fucking Diego Sanchez's weird therapist trainer guy oh, yeah. and Megan Olivia was like fighting back against him and shit. And the things she was oh, saying, you're like, this bitch knows what she's talking about. She knows what's up. I'm not mad at that. As it's like Lauren Sanko, it's like, yeah, you have a fight career. You also have a fight career, you know, do that. You know, she's fine though. I'm just talking shit because believe me, dude, I've watched too much PFL Bellator and one to complain about any commentators or reporters within the UFC organization because we have the top tier in all of that too. They got fucking, I think Randy Couture. Yes, they at, do. At PFL. <laughs> <laughs> Why? They, they're just like, oh, if you were an ex-fighter, come on aboard. 
And and we've said that that makes the most sense, right? We've said that. <clears throat> but not for when, everybody. <laughs> like there's Dan Hardy wasn't like the greatest fighter. He didn't win every fight he fought, but he has great fight IQ. Dominic Cruz is the most boring motherfucker on a microphone, but he's got great fight IQ. Randy Couture, uh Chris Lytle, you're like these guys their voices don't work. Like they don't, they don't say words right. Like the whole time, and you're like, this guy talks more than fucking Rogan does, and he doesn't say half the words right. You're like that's a drop kick. Like, the what? It's a what? And then fucking Frank, uh, Big John McCarthy, he's got to be like, well, actually, in Japan, that was actually called the uh, the scarf choke, but over here they call that the rear naked. And you're like, fucking, then call it the rear naked, bitch, because you're not in, <laughs> you're not in Japan. Japan. Like, what is he trying to prove? Oh, I'm cultured. I used to referee in all these places. You're still a cop, bitch. Nobody likes you. Sorry. That's all right. Do a whole episode on John McCarthy. Yeah. Like a dork. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like this that, is that just took place. All I right. just – Can I just add this? Those are the – that's what you consider a nerd. Okay? Nerds aren't just the guys who wore glasses and pencil protectors, and pocket protectors, and their pants up to their fucking belly buttons. That's <laughs> – that's visually a nerd, but John McCarthy's a nerd about fight knowledge, and that's still not cool, right? Even these guys are like, I'm a comedy nerd. Yeah, so you're boring, right? Like, fucking stop saying that you're a nerd. You invested all of this time into something that's, I don't know, it's just a weird thing to be a nerd in a subject. It's like, I'm a nerd about groceries. Like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you so invested in cutting those coupons, Carol? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, man. But that's, that's that to me is the definition of a nerd. It's like John McCarthy can seem cool as shit because he's into sports and fighting and he's a cop, but you're a fucking fight nerd. You're still a dweeb. That's fucking dweeby behavior to be like, well, it's actually a scarf choke. Shut up, dude. I bet the dude next to him was like, who fucking, what is this guy? I'll tell you what, Are the we guy in next this to him at Bellator, uh, damn, that Goldberg. That guy was great, man. I, the UFC should never got rid of that guy, in my opinion. I, that guy was awesome. You know what? We're lucky to have somebody like Brendan Fitzgerald, who kind of fits that exact mold. He's so professional, but he's also <clears throat> he will go off script. He will play. He will be in he, like animated. Whereas Mike Goldberg was animated all day long. Every even when he was reading lines, he's reading them like he's fucking. He's the most excited man in the world about fucking manscape. You know, whatever it is, he just reads it with this, uh, I don't know, energy that's so fun. And Fitzgerald has that. John Anik has that sometimes. But you got to pair it with the right, you know, the right ones. And that's why I say we can bitch about Cormier and Bisbing and all these guys on our side. But believe me, dude, when you compare them to the rest, <laughs> holy shit. Even Bruce Buffer is a golden god compared to most of these other ring announcers. You're like, what oh, yeah, the fuck are sure. you trying to beat? They had this like 17-year-old fucking half Japanese kid on PFL. In this corner, like you're just doing what you think Bruce Buffer's doing. Yeah, yeah. Hack. <laughs> it's probably what I'd be doing too. What I think Bruce Buffer would be sounding like. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I'm just saying. But at the same time, you're like, do whatever you want. Make it yours. Yeah, make it yours. I got, I got the standard is Bruce Buffer. Fine. Yeah, but yeah. even Joel Martinez comes in and has his own thing, and you're like, he that's does. Joel. He's fine. All right. He rolls his R's on anybody who's not fucking white, right? Oh, yeah. he's Portuguese, and he's like, "This is Raul." It's a guy with the fucking glasses on uh, 
that that did the uh, when the fights were on Showtime, the Strike Force. I can't think of that guy's name. He never he he was Vanilla? on WWE for a little bit and he never Vanilla. shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's him. God, he, I think he, he never does. stopped fucking talking. Uh, he's somewhere else. He's got witty lines though. He'll 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 he's got some puns in there which I like. And he's not. There's a way where these guys can deliver this knowledge to people that don't know what 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 they're seeing, and not sound like an asshole. And Ronello does that. He's almost like a cartoon. You know what I mean? Though he talks a lot, he's fucking. Uh, he he's made up nicknames for fighters, dude. Like he's that type of a commentator that you can tell he loves what he's doing. But anyways, let's get into these fights. All right, let's get into these fights that just happened. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards. Damn, dude. All right. This fight. Lucy Potolova. All right. So, Edwards, the first round, she's down on her back the whole fucking round pretty much. Like, probably four minutes of the damn thing. All right. Round two. All right. On the ground again. Six minutes you've spent on the ground. All right. Round three. Mostly she was up against the cage getting grappled. But more of an even round. And then the judges... Give her the fucking win via split decision. Uh, everybody was dumbfounded. The announcers were dumbfounded. Of course, you don't leave it to the judges. We all know that. But, golly, that that was a pretty bad one there. I I don't know. I, I missed. I'll tell you when I started watching. All right. I think it was this next one. I saw the very end of Jocelyn. And once again, it was just. Two shots up against the fence, mostly grappling, holding on. Um, but then I did see the Aaron Phillips Gaston. But um, is Jocelyn doing anything unexpected? This is this is not new for us. You she did I mean? nothing. But she for some reason, pulling out the. She raised her it's hand insane. like she won, and the announcers, even Cornier, Bisping Cornier, they're like, "That's the worst decision we've ever seen," and they just couldn't move on with it. The announcers are going on and on because. It was it was just fucking lopsided as shit. Edwards, you could give an argument for round three, which she definitely lost two rounds for sure. And you know, Cornier, he was really like the the next fight that you you said you saw with, uh, you know, that's why he was like the you know we, we don't even know who won, even though it was one sided as hell as well. And who who was one of the judges, but the great Sal Diamato. Was he? You Probably know? was. Can't get rid of that. Yeah, he was. And then Chris Lee is the name that was on there as well. I'm putting him in here. I'm keeping him up here, Sam. Every fight, all the yeah. fights, I'll, ha- I'll have the list of the judges. Honestly, they sh- they're the ones that should be fucking hosting this podcast. It'd be bigger. <laughs> Just get one of them on. I'm Sal Diamato. I'll reach out Bro, to Sal Diamato and name. try to get him on here. I'm just going to be Sal Diamato. Fuck it. You'll be uh, Chris Lee. Uh, so guys, we're <laughs> just judge the fights from last week. It'd be funny to have a personality of a judge that doesn't associate with the fighters. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck He's is like, going on. And <clears throat> they're playing what, what on their mean? phones though, just, instead it, like, of watching the fight. That fight was so boring; they just never even oh, yeah, watched yeah. it. I don't what know. I'm saying though, imagine running into like Nate Diaz after you gave somebody else the decision, and it's clearly <laughs> the other way, and it's like, oh hey Nate, and you're like, oh Sal, good to see you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, the, uh, about 12.30, everything ended. Well, I left anyways. I don't know if anything en- ended. I just took off. <laughs> got in my car and went home. I, just like they don't have any association with even Dana. What if that's the case? 
It sounds like it is. Because, you know, Dana, that's, it'd be the first people I'd be bitching at if I was Dana. Mm. Hey, Sal, come on over here, guy. <laughs> hey, come here. Let's chat. What, did, what are you seeing? Do you wear glasses? You should get glasses. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? All right, so uh, Aaron Phillips, Gaston, Balan, Balanos, Balanos. That's good. What difference does it make? Um, I don't know. It felt like there was a lot more expectations in this fight that didn't show. Like, it felt like when they were coming out, the commentators were even like, here we go. These are the future guys. These are the ones to watch. And it was just nothing. I don't know. Can't have a... I, I don't know. It's hard to make the argument that somebody is worthy of being a UFC fighter when they're fighting another UFC fighter. You get what I mean? Like, it's the top tier. So getting a decision is... It's... I don't know. It's almost void to a certain degree when it comes to the new guys. You have to be like, well, let's see if he can get a finish his next one. We'll keep pushing until he can get a finish because nobody's going to make a name off of multiple decision wins unless you're a female fighter. Well, you know, Aaron Phillips, now he's 0-2 in the UFC. His first fight was Jack Shore and got finished in that one. And so this fight against Belenus, and this is the guy I was telling you about who had only fought in in uh, Bellator's whole career just started straight out in Bellator but right. uh yeah man it, I mean it you know he got the decision it was only a decision but this is another case where someone from Bellator comes in and it looks you know they let's see fought Phillips who isn't that great he's don't even have a UFC win but yeah, you know while he was in Bellator he was fighting nothing but veterans from UFC <laughs> <laughs> but I mean he was blasting Phillips with a lot of body and leg kicks like this whole fight he's he was putting on a, a striking clinic so I mean it was a decent win I thought for, for well him. here's here's where here's where it annoyed me is the fact that he he did all that but he pulled out a decision victory yeah Be- because he said as he was coming to the octagon and his pre-fight interview shit that he's like i'm fucking never gonna lose again <laughs> they were hyping him up in the commentating booth and shit too so, this kid wah, bah, 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 and you win by decision nobody gives a shit anymore you just you literally went from here sam to right here you're just in the same spot you have to do something spectacular do something on the mic spectacular your social media has got to get crazy you know what i mean it's a whole different level to be a fucking mma fighter now these days to be a valued one like this but next it does fight, boil uh, down the skills. Uh, Gomes versus Brazil. It was like Brazil was asleep this whole fight. I don't know what the what the deal with was. She got knocked down early. Uh, Gomes with uh, take taking her down, but there was no need to take her down. She was beating her up on the feet and uh, hit her with a big right. Finally, the ground and pound until it was over with. Yeah, she's tough. You know, Denise Gomes. She's very tough. Uh, the only thing is, she's got to get her accuracy up, and she has to. That's it. Just stop being so sloppy. There's some weird moves, some spin shit that you're doing in there. Just odd movements for no reason. Like, this isn't fucking football. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need to be all herky-jerky. This isn't Keith Jardine era. You got to go in there and try and finish these women. You have to. That's, And that's a, a, the one of the more annoying parts for me when it comes to the female division is these women that do have this great ground skill, this amazing jujitsu background, and they can't get finishes either. Like, you should be tapping every one of these women out that haven't fucking spent any time on their back simple but it just doesn't happen but denise combs you know we'll see not mad at her yeah. uh, zell huber uh beat vanetta a decision uh, zell huber, huber was all over vanetta the first round stun oh. him 
uh, with the big big knee, the ground and pound, a lot of ground and pound, and then uh, yeah, Vanetta survived, and uh, he had a, a decent second round, and then uh, Zell Huber, uh, he was just like kind of chasing around uh, Vanetta and landing some big shots in, in round three, so end up with the decision win there. <laughs> This to me is what I consider a youngster's attempt at a guy with a minimal name. People know Lando, right? I think he's the one that first rocked Tony Ferguson before Michael Chandler put him put him away. Um, but Lando is just inconsistent, and Zell Huber came in fearless. He didn't. He wasn't worried about anything Lando had, and that's crazy because he's built strange. You know, uh, Zell Huber. He's real tall, lanky guy. And, and it's always dangerous to be sort of thin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, anything could happen. But he came in with no fear, dude. And I like that. The young kid's got a career for sure. <laughs> it's just a tough division to be tall <laughs> and not also sort of jacked. You know what I mean? There's too many dudes that hit way too fucking hard for you to be thin, my guy. <laughs> Lando Venata is one of them. But this lightweight division's got a lot more killers. They hit a lot harder. <laughs> you, you can't be James Vick. You know, <laughs> you just can't be. He's got to put some. He's got to put some mass on, and that might change his division, unfortunately. But at the same time, could be beneficial. That's uh, Robertson versus Rodriguez. It was a weird move in round in the first round. Uh, Robertson, when she stayed, a, she didn't move straight in for the takedown like normal at all costs. She stayed on her feet a little bit. Then she pulled guard, went back to her back. And fucking grabbed uh, Rodriguez's leg and got her down on her back. It, it was wild. It was wild. But anyway, then round two, she had a quick takedown, uh, put her in an arm bar. Then there's controversy whether she was tapping or wasn't tapping. But, you know, I'm going to say this. If she wasn't tapping, that arm was about was going to go because it was clear. Robertson had it. And she's not like it. You know, she's not like a lot of females where, well, maybe she wouldn't have tapped her out. Maybe not. This lady's got a history. If she gets a neck or an arm, there ain't much you can do about it. Nap, tap, or snap. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. And this is the one, This is the type of female fighters I'm talking about. Jillian knows her strong suit. She knows that most of these women cannot stop that. She has to do that every time. But the problem is, is that they're going to train for it. They're going to be able to get her tired. So Jillian's best move right now is to be cardio heavy. Never let yourself get tired because if you don't get tired, you can overwhelm essentially anybody in the division by taking them down. Easy. That negates any possibility of even taking damage. So that's longevity in your career. Work on that cardio, and she's she's a real problem, straw weight. And I don't say that often about females that fight on the ground because it's just not beneficial. But but it seems that's all you see. If you can if you can do it to that level, you're a plus plus. There's no reason that you can't put it on anybody. Because none of it, yeah. it almost seems like none of them have yeah. the the defense. You know, it's a lot of stalemates when they're on the ground. Even oh, you're not gonna even hit this. Come on, elbow. You know something. And Jillian's always working. There's moments when you watch her fight, and you see her. You can tell she's thinking. She's trying to decipher what she's going to do next. Do I go knee on belly? Do I come around the head? You know, there's different. And, and that's just smart game plan. You know what I mean? That's listening to the coaches. That's hearing everything. That's being in the moment. And she's really good at that. But her issue is being able to withstand somebody who possibly is a good striker. You know, you get through those first few minutes, you're fine. You just have to get through them. And if she can't withstand it, and that's what we 
see from a lot of the females is they can't stand getting hit. If she can't withstand it, she's never going to even shoot for the takedown because she's going to be fearful of getting hit. So there's maybe just cardio and then, <clears throat> you know, a striking defense as you're entering for takedowns. You know, maybe do some standing takedowns, some more trips and shit like that. Judo throws. I'm only saying this because I know Sam's got a little bit of a connection. So, you know, uh, feel light free heavyweight to- belt. <laughs> Zach Cummings, uh, Ed Herman. Dude, uh, Ed Herman got lit up the whole fucking fight. It was, uh, damn, it was pretty nasty to see. Herman was getting, I'm like, damn, he's fucking killing the guy. But, uh, you know, Herman did have an up kick uh, from the ground when Zach Cummings was down. And then he did it again later on in the fight. Point taken away from Ed Herman. But it, it was just, it was over with, man. Ed Herman had no business being in this fight. He was he was done from the get. And he retired afterwards. And so did Zach Cummings, I think. That was kind of, uh, <laughs> seemed like he retired. But he, it kind of was a little wishy-washy. Dude, then they cried. They laid. They sat together and cried. Man, I was like, uh, you know, I was a little, you know, I didn't cry or anything, but I, I, I could have. It was a little emotional. So you're telling me you're gonna cry over Ed Herman? And no, Zach Cummings, that's, what, that's what I was gonna say. I could have, <laughs> I could have if there were two more popular guys facing each other. Like that was Craig Cowboy and like um um right. uh, McGregor facing each other, fucking crying. That would have been, you know. That would have got me teary-eyed. Yeah, that's good. Except that. I told you, I, I shed tears for Don Cerrone. You know, that's my guy. So, of course, I felt a different way. It was just like when Reggie Miller retired. Dude, you think I'm not going to feel some type of way? Because then you're like, what now? Who do I have? Who do I like now? <laughs> you know, you're always trying to find your next one. But uh, Zach Cummins, Ed Herman, shout out, dude. That's awesome. Uh, they both went in there and fucking banged it out, dude. That's sort of the way that you'd want it to go. You'd want to go in there and fucking be able to throw those hammers, dude. There's nothing worse than your last fight being fucking put to sleep quickly. You don't get to even throw another punch and your career's over. That's stupid. But Zach Cummins looked terrible uh, as far as shape is concerned. <laughs> he didn't look like he was in any sort of fighting shape. Like it, That's what made me believe he was definitely retired. <laughs> it's over now. Ed, Ed Herman was a 170, dude. He hasn't been a fighter for a few years now. He's just a guy that punching back, you know, takes a beating. And that's... That's what makes him fun. That's what you respect these guys because he disappeared, man. I remember when he was called Short Fuse. You know, back in the days when they had a lot of fucking redheaded fighters in the UFC. Fucking Spencer Fisher, man. My guys. All right. I'm reminiscing, guys. I might shed a tear right now. Go ahead. (laughs) Brandon Royville, (laughs) uh, Mateus Nicolau. All right. So, yeah, this fucking, this was a beautiful, man. Uh, Royville caught him. With a knee that dropped them to the ground and then some uh, vicious ground the pound until it was stopped. They looked good. It looked good. He's BJ Penn. Brandon Royville is uh, BJ Penn. You know, the good era of BJ Penn, for sure. Like, I, I can't help but to make this comparison constantly of, you know, being one of the greatest fights that could ever make somebody be a fan of fighting and BJ Penn and Diego Sanchez. There's glimpses of both Diego Sanchez and BJ Penn within Brandon Royville, the way this kid fights. I see Anthony Pettis in there as well. There's he's, he's long, but he's, he's fast as shit. And he's also super accurate and creative, dude. That creativity alone will help him win fights. If he use utilizes his defense properly, because being creative can get you caught. You know what I mean? Johnny Walker. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is what he has to do from this point forward though. 
because he's in a he's in a he's in a pretty wide open uh, division, you know, being that the champ is still Moreno and mm-hmm. uh, who's he fighting coming up? Somebody else, I forget. Oh, Pantoja, the last two guys that beat Royalville. <laughs> there you go. So he's right in line, but he beat a guy who you're kind of like, I don't know, Nicolau wouldn't have been my next choice for you know in a title run. Maybe Snell, even though he lost to Nicolau. It's just there's more hype behind the kid. I don't know. And Royville basically shut it off anyways. He shut off any prospect of that happening. So, you're like, well, maybe next time, kid. But I like him. Yeah, that was – You know, I, I talk shit about the night. Go ahead. I was just saying that was performance of the night. Uh, Absolutely. That, Robertson, and Barboza. Dude, Wait, then what? we had Bill Algio versus TJ Brown. And these guys were piecing each other up round one. And then a fucking elbow, drop Brown, Algio gets a neck. And then, after the fight was over, he proceeded to tell, just talk all kinds of shit to the crowd. I don't know if you actually heard that. He was like, like I would never fucking retire in a place like Kansas City. Y'all all look out and y'all all look like a bunch of Uber drivers and shit. Like, he just talk, ran his mouth. <laughs> he fucking talked shit about the crowd. I don't know what he was going for there. Well, he's got to make himself relevant somehow. Yeah. Right? The only gotta... thing more bizarre than that is what happened in the next fight. But I don't know if you want to add anything else for continued. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Garcia, Clay Guida. Uh, Garcia, man, he was just, uh, this is what I wrote down. He was killing Clay with jabs. I mean, he was jabbing him all over the place, jabbing him back, back, back. So he was pushing the pace. Controlled the cage. It was just a perfect game plan to to go to go against um, Guida. Perfect game plan. Yeah, it it, it almost like a coach like came up with the game plan. Was like, here's the keys you need to win, and he fucking just okay. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna follow the directions. Because remember, one of the few kids that I had I had taught anything to, which was just basic grappling and wrestling. He was a Mexican dude, and it was like everything I told him the night previously, he utilized the next day. They're just sponges, man, for information, for knowledge. You know, it's a Mexican culture is a fighting culture. It's what they do, man. And the thing that, that, that nobody ever notices about these dudes is their motherfucking cardio. I Have you ever seen a Mexican fighter get tired? Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm blowing my own mind right now. I've never seen this, dude. Never. Cain Velasquez ever tired? That's a heavyweight boy. Yeah. What about the what about the boxing boxing kid? What's his name? The one Andy Ruiz? Ever tired? That's a big boy too. Mark Hunt. He's not Mexican, is he? No. Hawaiian? No. <laughs> Australian. Uh so all right. <laughs> here's what was bizarre. After this fight, of course the winner gets some interview time. Clay Guida faked the retirement. In order to tell people happy birthday. I've never seen no shit like that. Did, did you see this? Please tell me you saw this. Yes, I did. I didn't okay, I didn't acknowledge that. I, I think I missed him saying that he was retiring and just got to the part where he was talking about birthdays. Yeah, well, he took his gloves <laughs> off. He took his gloves off. So uh, they went over there and talked to him. He would get- He's like, you're retiring? And he uh, goes, uh, no, I'm not retiring. I'm going to stick around forever. And I want to tell so-and-so happy birthday and so-and-so happy birthday. So, I, I did I, read where Dana White was not happy at all about that. 
there was some sort of a article or something that came out like immediately after the fights that said that Clay did this, and I was like, I just remember him saying the birthday thing. <laughs> I, I would have expected him to retire, though. If I'm being yeah. honest, that's why they were like, "You're out of here, right?" Finally. Yeah. Oh. All right, looks like Weeder though. Too bad he lost, but Rafa's a tough kid. Yeah. So this next fight, Pedro Munoz, Chris Gutierrez. All right. So after watching all that during this fight. The crowd started booing. And the announcers were just Bisping and Cornier were just, I don't know why they're booing. These these fighters, they're giving it their all in there. Dude, they were booing because Gutierrez kept moving away, not doing anything. Moving around, dancing around. Not sh- Munoz was trying to strike. Gutierrez was just sticking and moving, getting the fuck out the way. That's what the crowd, the crowd wanted to see some action, goddammit. And, you know, I don't, beyond the fights, kind of shitty, but hey, who knows how much these people paid? $200 to go to this event? They want to see some action. Yeah, I know Bisping was saying the crowd didn't know what it was watching. Dude, the crowd knew exactly what it was watching. They wanted a brawl. <laughs> well, especially when a guy like Pedro Munoz has the goal to say in the post-fight interviews, like, my time now, I'm the guy. I've been the guy for as long as guys have existed in this division and I'm ready to take some heads. And then you're like, fucking decision, chasing the guy around, fucking grab him or something. I mean, make the action happen. Why? I mean, the Vargas guy won his fight after running forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> insane. Shout insane. out to decisions at Bantamweight. All right. Ion QD Lava. Uh, man, he... he Beat the shit out of Tanner Poser. What can I say? Yeah, that was aggressive. That was aggressive. Put, Poser never got going. It took him forever, dude. It took Kutalaba forever, though, to come back on the streak. To fucking be recognized as a guy that has that kind of power and he is that dangerous. You know, they can say whatever they want, but we all saw differently. But we have to keep in mind, and I guess we should keep this in mind, that was against way tougher competition. You know, he's fighting Tanner Bozer because Tanner needed a fight. And so did Kutalaba. Kutalaba needed a win. And he got it. So big on him, dude. 205 in the first round. Night, night. So he's got it. But the problem is, is he was, I don't know if he was too emotionally invested with these other fights he was in. You know what I mean? Like the Anklaev shit. It was a a knee or a kick to the balls or something. Something (laughs) happened. And then they fought again, and he went. It was bad for him. And then what? He fought Johnny Walker. I don't know. It, it's just been because I, dude, the name Kutalaba sounds like a dude that would be a champion in mixed martial arts. You know what I mean? That sounds like a guy. You're like, who's the champ? Leon Kutalaba? You ain't heard of Kutalaba? <laughs> He's crazy, dude. All right, this uh, Azamat uh, beat Dustin Jacoby. All right, so that that fight. Uh, uh, Azamat, good boxing skills, had a takedown in the first round. The second round, Jacoby was doing good, man. Had uh, Azamat up against the cage. Then at the end of the round, Jacoby got dropped with some big punches at the, the very end of the round. But, I mean, if they judge on damage, he should have been up too. Then the third round, Jacoby with some grappling. And then uh, at the end, uh, Azamat says he think he broke his arm at the end of round two so broke his arm not his hand yeah well yeah, that's what he said that's intense 
Kid's tough as nails, though, and he, he took on Jacoby, who's also tough as shit, man. We said this, you know, last week. A good fight, but well, what happened next? <laughs> we also talked about last week. You know what I mean, dude? What was one of the things that Barboza said at the end of the thing? He's like, "I'm still in well, the greatest shape of my. I'm in the greatest shape of my, dude. You've never not been in the greatest shape of your life. There's never been, dude. I would, I can't imagine seeing this guy in the streets and him not still look like that. You know what I mean?" Looks like he's wearing fucking a Kevlar vest. The dude is absolutely shredded from from head to toe. And he hits so fucking hard, dude. He really, really does. Nasty submissions. The the kid's so tough. And he's an old man, you know? He's a real threat to anybody that's an up-and-comer. Good luck getting past Barboza, dude. That was beautiful. Uh, Caught Quarantilly with the big knee. And that was... (laughs) Yeah, that was... Man, it was nice. It was... I mean, the timing, the timing, dude. Just and in the main event, vet, veteran status. But yeah, let's talk about this main event, dude. We got old Arnold Allen versus Maximus Holloway, and it it, it went the way that we almost assumed it would, because oh. Max is not going to let you get going. I think that's his biggest thing. If he doesn't let you get going, you never will. You never will. And then I see an article where Volkanovski's like. Oh, hey, Max, stop beating these guys in my division, blah, blah, blah. Because then, like, they're going to end up having a fight again type shit. And it's like, no, dummy. That's how it works. You don't just get to hold on to the belt until some guy fucking makes his way up to the top. We can go again because it's my belt anyways. I swear to God, those decisions were fucking such bullshit. And every time they fought, how is Max Holloway not producing more than anybody he fights against? It's absolutely insane. Okay, look at the numbers here. Max Holloway, total strikes, 149 of 264. Total strikes for Arnold Allen, 80. Yeah, yeah. Out of Holloway performed exactly how he always performs. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and this is against a guy he's never fought before. No. So what he has to do if he fights Volkanovski is he has to put that son of a bitch away. Max can't keep outscoring these dudes and going to decisions, man. Your longevity is going to get fucked. He's a young man still, but it feels like he's been around forever. Go get your belt back. Be one of the guys that does that and maintains it. Izzy just did it. Why can't he do it? Why do they keep fucking giving it to Volkanovski? How is he winning the decisions against a guy who is known for beating guys by points? Doesn't add up. You got a point. Man. It's like you see him hit three times and then Volkanovski swing once, miss, and then he gets hit two more times. How's he winning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a takedown? Okay, so then the fucking judges are ruling takedowns as more points than a fucking significant strike. Because there were zero takedowns in this entire fight. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think Arnold Allen was going to come through and walk walk through this guy? It's Max Holloway, dude. <laughs> the king of the division without the crown. <laughs> 100%. Well, I know Allen's been really, really good lately. I didn't really know what he was going to do. Uh, but I do exactly Dude. what Max Holloway always does, and he does what everything he always does. And that's the fucked up thing is that's what, at a certain point, I think it was in the middle of the second round, Arnold Allen realized it too because he got he got hit or threw a, threw a, a combo and Max wasn't there, and he just goes and like shakes his head and throws <laughs> his hand. Like, what the fuck? I, don't, if, what? I can't do anything. <laughs> Where is this guy? Max just slides, dude, out of the way. His head, dude, he he does this when a punch comes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then tink, 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 there, here's three for you. What? 
where were you? It's like fighting a ghost. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucked up, dude. But Max Holloway has to do that. I don't I don't care who goes up because here's here's what's annoying. Volkanovsky couldn't have can't say that if he had went to 55 and did something significant. But he didn't. Islam beat his ass. And anybody out there who disagrees, go read because this sport's not for you. Okay? Because Islam beat him every round. Did he not? In my mind, he outscored him every single round. And you're going to sit there and say, well, Volkanovski here. No, he didn't. He didn't, though. And then you're going to be like, well, Volkanovski versus Max Holloway, four, whatever, nine will be different. And you're like, it should have been different the second time. Volkanovski, dude, honestly, should have never got the belt. Because that fight, when he first matched up against Holloway for the belt, that was the best Holloway we've seen in a long time against a new guy. Beat the beat him up. What I felt like it was every round, and then at the end it goes to. Oh, I hate the judges. <laughs> yeah, they they need to be held in accountability, and yeah, the announcers are finally like, because usually they kind of pass over it, like kind of oh, it is what it is. The judges spoke, you know, but they were so, right. uh, I would you say incensed about this Jocelyn Edwards <laughs> decision that they. I mean, because, dude, they, they look like a fools. They're like, okay, we'll have the official yeah. announcement, but Joshua Edwards will have a loss when we come back. And then, <laughs> then she fucking wins. But anyway, then we're back at the Apex again for uh, this this next bout on Saturday. And it opens up Bantamweight, Brady Heiston versus Dana Batgirl. Bat, Batgirl. Dana Bat Gerald. I guess I'm saying a rat. I don't know. All right. Highstead. He's only 23. He made it to the the finale in Ultimate Fighter before he lost. He's 2-2 two two in his last four fights. Uh, this Dana, uh, eight knockout wins out of his 12 wins. And he's got four losses, two of them by submission. So he's lost his last two fights. Uh, this guy has been... Training, uh, begin training in kickboxing since, since 2007. He switched over to MMA in 2010. And, uh, I mean, I know Heiston, he's only got two submission wins, but I feel like when we saw him on Ultimate Fighter, he did a, he did a decent amount of wrestling. So I feel like if he can get Dana onto the ground, he's liable, liable to end up choking him out, getting him out of there. Well, that's the thing about Brady that's kind of weird, right? Right now is it's like is he doing that because that's his skill set or is he doing that because he's afraid of taking strikes you know what i mean i, I don't i don't know because we did see that you're absolutely right and i was going to say the same thing he seems more like a ground fighter but when you're fighting a kickboxer there's a chance when he transitions into mma the first thing he trains is uh takedown defense <laughs> so if if brady's not a legit wrestler and this dude gets keeps standing and just makes his you know brady get tired this could be a long night it could be. He's yeah. definitely got more fights too. The Bad Girl guy, twelve and four. Yeah. Well, All right. This flyweight. I, I just. Uh, can I just? I oh, think they're ahead. giving Brady like tomato cans. They're trying to give him guys that for sure he can take to the ground and get in and out of there. He's a young guy, and they'll talk about his age a million times when he's being introduced, anyways. So. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Twenty-three year old. <laughs> the younger fighter the wins sixty-four percent of the time. Well, here. Then. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, Priscilla against Cashier, Andre Arlovsky. Uh, uh, going against uh, 
Karen Silva. Karen Silva, 15 and 4. Uh, okay, she, this lady, she was on a, the Contender Series, and she beat a lady that was 24 and 3. Then she won her UFC debut. She's got nine knockout wins, six submission wins. Uh, she has been knocked out once, submitted twice herself. She's won her last six, and they were all finishes. So she's she's on a roll right now. Uh, Cash Hero, seven knockout wins. She's four and four in the UFC. She does have two submission losses. Uh, yeah, man, she she has a, a couple inches on uh, on Silva, but dude, if Silva can keep this momentum, I mean, she she could end up being a, a name pretty soon. Well, the thing that sticks out to me most about this fight in general, and I don't know much about either one of these girls, is they both have heavy records, man. And they're decent records. 12-4, 15-4, that's, that's beautiful. That's good work. That's veteran-esque. You're coming in with somebody who should be very well-rounded at this point. Both of them. Yeah, they both have hands, too. So, I'm Curious. We'll uh, see. Hopefully we'll see a finish out of here. Absolutely. Uh, Francis Marshall. I'll do the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke and then quickly do these names. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I, I was going to say I'll do the easy names. Uh, Francis Marshall. Now, when you hear Francis Marshall in comparison to Francis Ngannou, which guy's white? You know? Uh, <laughs> William Gomez, uh, I guess Gomez, probably. I mean, I, I don't recognize either one of these guys. I'm sure you got some information there. They're both young dudes. Uh, William, six foot tall. He's got an 11-2 record. And uh, Francis is undefeated, but he's 5'8 with only an inch difference in uh, reach, which is interesting. What's their skill sets, man? What do they do? All right, so this uh, Francis, he's got one knockout, four submission wins. The, the funny thing about this guy is his only, you know, like I said, he's only got one knockout win. That was in his UFC debut. So how many people can say that? True. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, he beat uh, Marcelo Rojo in his UFC debut, knocked him out in the second round. But uh, this Gomez guy, he's got three inch, three inches on the height. They're both really young guys. Uh, six knockout wins. Um, this is his second fight in the UFC also. Uh, he has nine wins in a row. His last loss was in 2016. But this, uh, this Marshall, you know, this guy, from everything I read about him, he's he uh, likes to strike to set up his wrestling. He, he is more of a wrestling guy, you know. Obviously, he's got the four submission wins, but yeah. You know. Will he be able to take this guy down, the bigger guy? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. not, they both have an interesting uh, background there, especially for featherweights. You know, up and comers possibly. I mean, six foot for a featherweight dude. That's not bad. <laughs> but it also probably means thin. <laughs> you know. Real thin. Don't throw too many leg kicks. All right, but speaking of not being real thin, uh, Muhammad Usman makes his return. You might recognize that name uh, because he is the brother of one champion, ex-champion. No, he is champ again. Hell yeah. Uh, Kamara Usman. And you might recognize the name of the fighter he's facing, Junior Tafa, as probably the brother of the other Tafa guy who's not very good. Um 4-0 for Junior. I think his name is Justin, isn't it? Justin Taffa? Junior Taffa? They got to be yeah, brothers. Yeah. Tell me they're not. Yeah, I'm sure um, they are. They're both Australian, so trained both Mark are, Hunt, all that shit. So both these fighters have brothers in the UFC. Very fun. 
Very Eddie, fun. Brothers and brothers. It's like Nick and Nate. Here we go. Uh, but Muhammad Usman, the kid's fucking a heavyweight that sits at a, a nice, clean 240, and he's jacked as all hell. He's a fucking freight train. And we said it. I said it. I'll take all the credit. That if this motherfucker can light it up out of the gate, when the bell dings, he will beat anybody. But he has to start fast. He cannot wait because he'll be just like fucking Czech Congo. You know what I mean? These guys that are just, they look like fucking action figures. And then as soon as they get stung, they don't move anymore. We can't have that. Muhammad Usman, the Usman family, clearly major athletes. The guy's got wrestling skills, but that's not what we're here for in the heavyweight division, my friend. Put this boy to sleep. He's 4-0. You're his fifth fight. You're going to be, what, 12 fights deep into your career, still relatively new. Go out there and shine again. Go out there and shine again. Keep your name mattering because you have a lot to live up to that sucks but you do okay it would be the same way in the nfl the nba you can't be the son of fucking gary payton and fucking shoot no threes you know what i mean <laughs> uh Tafa, man he's a 20 and 5 kickboxing record he's 4-0 mma like you said all knockout wins but the opponents he's fought you know they all you add them all up they're 31 and 24 so very average opponents he's faced he hasn't faced anyone tough so yeah Usman this this is you know that they can set up Usman they can position him to to end up being a star I mean like you said the guy's got the look just gotta perform he performed in his last fight dude that's what's so fun about him is he's so goddamn scary looking but he's so likable yeah (laughs) I mean like he's just he's a sound he's a great guy he comes across as a good dude he's like but once the fucking doors get locked, dude, it's different. And it should be. Utilize that, though. You have to be a freight train because he's too fucking thick to not get that lactic acid as soon as he misses fucking eight punches in a row. You know what I mean? He's going to get tired quick, bro, and it's going to be a dumbass wrestling match. Beat the fuck out of him quickly. Even what, as soon as you start to get tired, hit it again and keep swinging. For real. You need to you're the best the best Muhammad Usman we're gonna get is within the first ninety seconds of the fight. Everything after that could be a problem. He's got all that I, muscle weight, he's he'll probably be half dead after ninety seconds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. He has to he has to connect. And he's gotta come in like a freight train, bro. I if I was him, I would be the first like heavyweight fighter to run across the cage and throw a flying knee. <laughs> right? Like how often do you see that, dude? Yeah. I feel and like we've seen mess. somebody do that before in the heavyweight division. I mean, I, I, Maybe I, I Kerwin versus Lesnar or something. Well, oh, that's right. You know what? That might be the only other one. And that was freaky as shit because he was such <laughs> a big guy. So if the, you know what I mean, they're so strong, but not there's not a single heavyweight fighter in the division today that we could sit here and say five rounds would be fun to watch. No, that's <laughs> correct. We want to see finishes and heavyweight yeah. decisions, some brutal. Got divi- two rounds, dude. Knockouts. Two rounds. Most of these Standing fighters down. at best have two rounds to, to still shine. Fucking what's his face? Uh, Derek Lewis got lucky with that crazy knockout, you know. But it was boring as shit up till then. You're like, this guy's just losing, barely throwing punches, looks fat. You know what I mean? Like that's fat <laughs> movements. Yeah. <laughs> Moving yeah. like that. <laughs> so Muhammad Usman's got to come in and put this four and zero guy away quick. He's it, keep that fucking picture on this thing that I'm looking at empty. All right, featherweight bout, Carol Rosa versus Norma Dumont. I'll make this quick. Dumont, she's won four of her last five. Uh, she hasn't had a finish since 2017. Okay, 
Carol Rosa, she's won seven of her last eight. Here's the thing. her The last person she lost to was Sarah McMahon, that I feel like Dumont is basically like Sarah McMahon, but better. That's all I'm, I'm going to yeah. say. That's all I got. Well, I'll tell you what. I like Norma Dumont at this point. I like her. I think she's tenacious. She's willing to fight, and she's taking fights against people that we don't know. And yet she's fought some big names as well. That means she's really trying to get it, man. Eight and two, decent record, but she's fighting a girl with 20 fights. Could be tough, but if she shines, that just makes her look that much better. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> hell yeah, boy. Hell yeah. Yeah, go for dude. it. Go for it. No, man. Fucking Ronnie Yaya making his way back into the God. Oh, my God. What's what's the streak right now? 11 and 0? How many fights he went in a row? 22? What's happening, man? This kid's nasty. Uh, truth be told, I think he lost his last fight. Uh, but he is 38, five foot five, Ronnie Yaya. This is a dude whose name rings bells in this division. When you get a chance to fight a guy like Ronnie Yaya, it's like fighting a guy like Damian Maya. Hey, man, I don't care if he beats me. Let's just do this for good, you know, the sake of the game. And uh, he's nasty. One of the greatest submission finishers of all time. He'll go down in the fucking UFC Hall of Fame, no doubt. I don't, I don't know what the like 28 and 10 and whatever his record is. I think everyone has to be a decision or a submission but he's fighting montel jackson okay the kid's got hands the size of like a heavyweight big old hands long kid 12 and 2 very quick uh he's slick he moves well but i think he's got two chances to get back to his feet if he doesn't if he if he doesn't make it the second time game over yeah i can he see will go back even if it goes yeah. to the second go ahead uh the, the only thing is um all right so ronnie Two fights, two fight winning streak. You know, twenty eight wins. He's got twenty one submission wins. Twenty one submission wins. Uh, now Montel Jackson, he does have an eight and a half inch reach advantage. So this, yeah. that is uh, that's the only thing. But uh, yeah, dude, he he's never been finished. But this this could be the first time it happens. Uh, yeah. I see him getting taken to the ground very quickly and put away. Imagine a KO. Imagine the KO from Yaya, dude. I'm screaming, yeah, yeah, his... for Yaya. Let's go. <laughs> First one of his career. All right, yeah. The guy's had 40 <laughs> fights. Bro, he's nasty shit. He's just one of those classic dudes. This is the guys that we grew up on, you know? This is the guys that got us into the sport. You were like, what the fuck is that? What is he doing? What's with this wrestling? Oh, shit, that guy's asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like that that fast. Because you hated watching wrestling when you first saw this shit. You're like, God, stand up, man. Stand up. Until you saw guys like Dustin Hazlett, fucking Ronnie Yaya, Damian Maya, you know, guys like that. Uh, Travis Luter. You know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? We, yeah. could get, we could get real deep with the shit. Some <laughs> nasty submissions, boy. Fucking BJ oh. Penn. These guys, when you saw a submission from a guy who, was, who's, who already had like 22 fights before you first ever saw him, you're like, oh, he must be really fucking good. <laughs> what happened? That was a three-minute fight. Because, <laughs> so, dude, when so... you choke somebody... There's something just so different than knocking them out. It's just a different thing. You just they're so limp and it's fucked up. All right, go ahead. Rick this Glenn versus fight. Chris ja, Christos Yagos. Yeah. So Ricky, I knew you were gonna say that wrong. Uh, Ricky Glenn, uh, thirteen knockouts, three submission wins. The the thing is, man, I, I I wouldn't choose if I had to pick. I'd choose Ricky Glenn's gonna win his fight. But the thing is, we never see the guy. Okay, he had a draw with Grant Dawson in his last fight. That was in 2021. And then, let's go before then. He had he had two fights in 2021. 
Before then, 2018, he had two fights. Then back to 2017. We never see this guy in there. Uh, Christian D. Diegos, uh, this guy, he got, he's been finished in his last two fights. So, man, put this fight down, further down the damn card and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and move on. Yeah, get Yaya up there. Exactly. That's crazy. Rick Glenn, is, he's one of those guys that has sort of been around as long as, like, Ronnie Yaya, but you just haven't seen him as often. But every time you do see him, he doesn't underperform. And I think at one point he had a mustache, and I think that might be what's killing him now. You know, maybe the mustache. Get that mustache back and come back on the fucking high horse, man, like a fucking Confederate general. All right, Walter Wade Belt next. Uh, Jeremiah Wells. Uh, he's thirty six. He's five foot eight. He's won his last five fights, five knockouts, four submission wins against Matthew Simmelsberger. All right. Wait, wait where, where's this fight? What? Who is it? Well, it's uh, I don't see it. Jeremiah Wells versus Matthew Simmelsberger. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Yep. Now, Simmelsberger's got a five-inch height advantage, but only one-inch reach advantage. Uh, he's won three of his last four. This guy, uh, fuck what I read or have read. I, I'm just going to remember, this guy is always running around. He's like a miniature Clay Guida when it comes to his cardio. Jeremiah Wells, he'll take some wild shots, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, those, like I say, he's won his last five, but they were... Uh, all first round knockouts. So, all right. here's here's all here's sure all I'll say. Lying to you real I quick. think <laughs> I think there's a good chance this might steal the show. Yeah, they were all finishes, not all first round. But uh, yeah, this his last fight was a first round match. knockout over Court McGee. Yeah, yeah, this could definitely steal the show, my man. I think this is gonna be tough. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, 36 though, man, P- pushing it up there, man, but only got 11 and two, 11 and two record. That's tough. That's tough, but. Houston Alexander, you know what I mean? We, we, we've had some old cats come in and turn it. Herschel Walker was a champion, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of old, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <sighs> Yasmin, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lucindo, sure, versus yeah. Brogan Walker. Uh, Brogan, sounds familiar. She's from Ultimate Fighter. Yes, that's where you know her from. She was the, uh, yeah. she was the cutie. She was the replacement that came in. Yeah. Or the uh, alternate that came in at the end. And then I was like, how the fuck is she an alternate? She's got a wind over Miranda Maverick. Yeah. but And she did well. She didn't win, did she? She didn't win. Right. Uh, she, she fought, fought in the finals against uh, Juju. And Juju That's right. was putting it on people back then. Yep. But uh, she's lost three of her last four uh, actual MMA fights. I'm not, I didn't include the ultimate fighter fights. Uh, yeah, she has that... Mar- Went over Miranda Maverick, but that was back in 2018. She only has one finish in her whole career. This Yasmin lady, this was the lady, it was Yasmin versus Jasmine. They brought in a couple young women that no one know where the hell they came from. She's 21 years old. You hear that a hundred times. Eight knockout wins, two submission wins. Uh, She lost her UFC debut uh, to that uh, Jasmine lady. And she had won her previous seven before then. And she didn't look awful in that fight, so she well, might let me she this. might overwhelm Brogan Walker. That's the thing about Brogan, though. She's the one that's usually more aggressive. She comes in heavy. She tries to fucking knock you out, missing a lot of punches. You know what I mean? That could be her downfall, of course. You just catch those counters. But at the same time, she, you know, she could overwhelm quickly. Is that what she's going to do? 
I don't know, but I think she has a personality you can sell to young up and coming female fighters. I'm serious. Just get the look. Because we saw how Yeah, when we saw how she acted on the Ultimate Fighter, she was very invested in her sister. Mm-hmm. She would call her when she could call the family, she called her sister and shit like that. So you're like, that's what the young, you know what I mean? I think that speaks more to the younger audience of up and coming or possible future fighters that aren't fighters. They're just, oh, I like jujitsu. I go with my dad or whatever. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, fucking Brogan Walker's badass, dude. She took a beating, whatever it is. She took a fucking beating, but dude, she was fun on the mic or whatever it is. I think she has that skill set too. She'll talk about, you know, her small dog that she has probably. Am I wrong? Am I wrong, dude? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, oh, this next fight. This card. I like this card. All right. Yeah, we got some interesting fights here. A uh, lightweight yeah. belt. Bobby Green versus uh, Jared Gordon. This Jared Gordon. Should be my... interesting. Uh, Bobby Green, uh, the man, you know, he comes in. He's got a big name. Everyone's heard of him. He's been finished his last two fights. But, I mean, that was one was against Islam. One was against Drew Dober. So, you know. Right. But, and then uh, Gordon. Now, this I'm interested to see what Gordon does here, how he rebounds, because he had Patty Pimlet beat, and he yeah. lost the decision. It was just insane decision. The man won that fight. I don't care what anyone says. So, you no. Know, but here's the thing, Sam. Everyone says Jared won. <laughs> yeah, everyone says he won. So the man yeah. needs to come in here and take it out on Bobby Green. That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a problem. Bobby Green's going to have to be swaying like a motherfucker, dude, because this kid's coming to hurt you. He's trying to prove a point, and he's he's a dog. He's a real, real dog. Look at his career. Look who he's fought. Look where he's came from. Jared Gordon's a dog, and Patty Pimley got it put on him and somehow still walked out with that decision with those fucking goofy uh, barstool dudes. Yeah. I'll be a tough opponent, though, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Should be fun. No, well, middleweight belt, Brad Tavares, Bruno Silva. Uh, dude, I think Bruno Silva's winning this by knockout. The guy's got yeah. 19 knockout wins, uh, 22 and 8. He has been submitted six times, but Brad Tavares, uh, you know, he's uh, five knockout wins, two submissions. The guy's got 12 decisions. He's he's lost three of his last five, where Silva's lost his last two fights, but that was against Mir Shart, who he submitted. Anybody's liable gets submitted against that guy, and then uh, right. Alex Fiedo, the champ, that was the champ. <laughs> so he had seven knockout wins before both of those losses. So I think he's going to get back on track. I like Bruno Silva. If you couldn't tell, I so. think Brad Tavares is such a slow starter too. He's more of like the Michelle Waterson of, <laughs> you know, like he looks good while he does it, but it's it doesn't it's nothing. He gets beat so many times. Anyways, that's weird that it's the co-main. It's also weird that Curtis Blades is still around. Uh, I'm going to send you a link after this is over. That's wow. about all about Sergey. This channel did a documentary about it. You have to check that out. All Look right. deeper into his career because they call him the Russian Nganu. Uh This is the kid that I was talking about that was supposedly in that last fight, Alexander Romanov. I got confused with Sergey oh, okay. Pavlovich. Because Pavlovich is the guy that's coming in and eating dudes and then smiling afterwards. You know what I mean? Like a weird, like, you like it too much smile, <laughs> you know? Uh, and Curtis Blades, is he's in trouble. Yes, I, I don't, agree. 100%. I just don't, yeah, there's nothing that he has that this guy's not going to stop and then hit you a bunch of times hard. <laughs> you know? Like, it doesn't, I don't see it going any other way. Curtis Even Blades, if, a big wrestler, and Pavlik is daring him to wrestle with him. 
<laughs> Let's try that. Let look at my look where I'm from. <laughs> Let's start there, because guess what we got to do on the weekends? Wrestle. That's it. We just wrestled for fun. All right, get ready, dude. Wrestling for me is is I don't even think about it. I don't even train wrestling. That's what these guys have to believe for sure, because that's they're just that's what they do. There's nothing else to do. They just wrestle. Fuck it. It's like having brothers. What did you guys do? You wrestled. Was anybody going to be fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. But instinctively, you got better at wrestling because you had to fight those assholes every time you came home from school with fucking lunch still in your back. <laughs> Go ahead and put this I, on the record. I do not see this going five fucking rounds. No, this is what, what I'm saying is <laughs> I think it's a sprawl situation. I think Curtis tries to take him down. There's a sprawl situation, and he gets fucking tagged up. Yeah. He's... You know what I mean? Like, Sergey would... just takes those short shots around like Brock Lesnar and gives him the fucking Curtis Blades instead. He's got 14, fantastic. 14 knockout wins. All of his knockout wins were in the first round. So... Yeah. There's no time. He's only got one loss in his career. That He was knocked out by Overeem. And we all know what Curtis is going to do. We think, what, you think because you got a couple knockouts on your record, we're gonna you're a stand-up guy now? No, you're, you're the guy that says, I don't want to get punched. I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle this kid, and he's so much bigger than him, isn't he? Like if you just look at the body size, I'm not, I'm not talking about weight or anything like that. The guy's shoulders, you know, go out to my elbows <laughs> when I, you know, do wings. The fucking Sergey is massive, dude. And then he, like I said, he he likes it too much. Yeah, Sergey's got the 84 inch reach to Curtis's 80 inch. That's absurd. Even though he's an inch smaller. Curtis. This is a guy that I would rather see fight John Jones. Than Curtis Blades for sure, you know that'd be like Corey Brown fighting anyone. Wait, who's Corey Brown? Corey Anderson. Why did I say Brown? I don't know. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, Sergey, his last fight was against uh, uh, Ty Tuivasa, knocked him out in yeah. 54 seconds. So fast, and that that was when Tuivasa had all this momentum. And I, like I said, he's an up and down guy. Tuivas is going to do that his whole career. He's not going to be consistent enough to get that fucking real fight, but he'll be a fun guy to watch when he get, you know, when he does get wins or losses. He's down there probably training with the Tefei right now, all these Papa. Australian guys. Yeah, for sure. They all got those weird tattoos on their hips. <laughs> what is that for? I don't even. I don't understand it. Like, why is that where you started? <laughs> you know, why so, is that your first one? Yeah, so we'll both I gotta get like my fools if uh, all of a sudden Curtis Blades comes in and knocks out Sergey. But I don't fucking see it. I'll risk my reputation on it. You sound like Here's... you don't see it. No. I think that the only way it's possible if Sergey bites super hard on a takedown attempt and Curtis has the power to put him away off a of fake. You know what I mean? The power and the speed to fake the takedown, get him to bite, and then catch him with an overhand. And, and like you said... Uh, Sergey, it ain't like he hasn't wrestled. He's right. been he's training at, at the age of five. I'm reading. <laughs> Sergey began to engage in Groco Roman wrestling under the guidance of Alexander for yeah, he was like, someone they I were like, remember. he's five. Should we put him in daycare? They're like, nah, there's a wrestling dude <laughs> yeah, across he the street. He trained until the 11th grade. <laughs> then he went to the army. Bro, you know, that's, and that's the difference with us in comparison to those Russian fellas. It's like, what do we do when we are five? A daycare. I don't know. I colored a lot and ate macaroni and cheese. This, These motherfuckers this, are just wrestling. This guy would be like if Leotards. Bo Nickel came in and just knocked people out and never tried to wrestle them. 
That's what this. This is kind of how I see this guy. All the wrestling training he's had, and he's just knocking people out in the first round at will. Maybe, maybe Sergey is the Justin Gaethje of uh, heavyweights. Oh. It's like he's got all these wrestling credentials, but he's like, nah, I'll punch you first. Because there's no way that doesn't work. Look at me. <laughs> you know, like being a guy that size, you got to be like, I'm sure if I hit someone, it's got to suck. Even if it's not a great shot, it's got to suck, right? Like my knee, elbow, all of it's got to be bad. I'm, I'm enormous. <laughs> like there's no way that doesn't make sense. It's like a fucking, a guy who's seven foot three, not dunking. You're like, I got to be able to dunk though, right? Like I got to, it just makes sense. <laughs> Oh, man. So let's get out of here. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Sam's brother. Thanks for keeping up with the listening, but do share with your friends. <laughs> Shout there out to go. Michael Jackson, Howard, Harry, whatever his name is. William, I think it is. William. Fucking blogger. Stupid blogger. Follow on Instagram and Twitter. There you Don't go. leave the judges. Pop. And go watch you on YouTube. Yeah, go. No, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Go watch somebody else on YouTube. <laughs> It's it's the guy that opens for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy.